Hello everyone, and welcome to Call a Save Point, but not for me, where we're backstabbing our way into your hearts. I'm your host, Declan Verbencore. And I'm your chosen undead, Tully Hodgkinson. Let's fucking go. <laughs> so today we're talking about Dark Souls 1, a very, very controversial game in, like, all of gaming history. It has, like, pioneered a ton of games in its genre. And uh, I'm just wondering, uh, what is like your full experience with from software and their games so i i maybe played dark souls for the first time probably like 2010 2011 and i remember i got it a bunch alongside like a bunch of other games like we just my dad took me to gamestop and i got a bunch of games i got dark souls darksiders 2 and dishonored and the guy all games that started with a d yeah exactly it was a theme we were going for um but the guy at the counter at gamestop said he said the one thing to note is that if you find a weapon and you try to level up your skills for it it's not going to matter your skills don't matter like picking a specific weapon and trying to level up your skills to to get like the the like the the skill requirements to use it it doesn't matter and I obviously, I didn't know what the game was about at the time, so I didn't realize it was going to be, like, ridiculously hard. All I knew about it was that you couldn't, like, pause it, and mm -hmm. I, I hated it. I hated it when I was a kid, um, but then <laughs> I, I returned to it years later. Uh, I actually played Dark Souls 3 first, and then I went back and played Dark Souls 1. Nice. Um, a bit of a background for me. I had no idea Dark Souls existed. I was kind of a, like, Nintendo kid growing up. Mm -hmm. So I was playing, like, you know, baby games, Mario, Sunshine, Luigi's Mansion, you know, moving on, Pokemon, all that stuff. But you were, um, eventually... You were, playing, you were playing Yoshi, Mario, Sunshine, Mario, Luigi, Sunshine. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, which would be everyone, I assume, that was my dog's name. His full name was Yoshimari Luigi Sunshine Vervancour, and I named him that. <laughs> um, unfortunately, he has passed away um, probably three years ago, but um, that's besides the point. He was a great dog. Such a good little, name. Little Shih Tzu Pekingese looking bitch. <laughs> I love you. But uh, that's besides the point. <laughs> So, um, I, I, I got to playing this game maybe four or five years ago, um, because I, I'd never heard about it and I, uh, learned from it from a very close friend of mine, um, that we are no longer speaking with, unfortunately, but, um, uh, he was super into it and, uh, I was like, okay, cool. I'm down to like, learn how to play a game that you're really into. And, uh, it sucked. It was the worst I, I didn't beat it until two years after I started playing it. I didn't know how kindling or uh, reverse hauling even worked. That was all foreign to me. And so I was going through this game, all like level one stuff. I had no idea what was going on. Um, but like the reward this game gives you for completing its tasks and learning how to play it is what really got me to get through and to play pretty much every FromSoft game um, besides Demon's Souls, which I want to check out. It's coming out, or no, it, it is out 
on the PS5 currently, but I'm not uh, fortunate enough to have one of those. But uh, yeah, that's my background with the game. You own a copy of Demon Souls, just not the PS5 to play it, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I bought uh, <laughs> D- Demon Souls and Spider-Man Ma- Miles Morales for a PS5, and I don't have a PS5, so I have the physical copies on my shelf. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's like buying a guitar pick for a car, a guitar you don't have. <laughs> right, or, or buying a guitar when you don't know how to play it, just for, like, show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, yeah. For me, the fun thing, when I played through this game the first time, um, like you said, like, an, an old friend of ours was the one who got you into it. it. It, like, it was almost like passing down the knowledge because he taught you everything he knew and then you guys taught me everything you knew when I played it for the first time and I think yeah. for me that that especially when I returned to the game years later and I was able to like sit down and like I was older so I was more able to understand the mechanics and like sit through it and then you guys mm. also teaching me like the like just the little minute mechanics that I may have missed not knowing them the first time that is kind of what adds to the fun for me for this game is like having someone who knows more than you do like sit down and maybe like like I I guess like quote backseat gaming a little bit like maybe not like criticizing or judging your every move but like almost being like a coach of sorts you know yeah I I I totally understand it was the same thing when I first started because I was being shown the ropes in the same way it's almost like um because this game, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't just, des- like, uh, describe a lot to you. Like, the whole, like, the thing this game is known for is all of the the story of the game is very vague on the surface level. And you have to, like, parse it together in, like, bits and pieces through, like, item descriptions and, like, um, like, ma- like throw away, like, dialogue lines that you wouldn't think about, like, once after you hear them the first time. And the gameplay is kind of like that, too. There's a lot of gameplay aspects that the game just doesn't teach you. So having somebody, like, to sit there and, like, help work you through it, like, it, it it's like, um, like a real-world representation of, like, the game, like, giving you the tools, right? Like, obviously, you could mm-hmm. try to parse it out on your own, but having someone there with you, that, that was what brought a lot of enjoyment to me the first time. And even the second time playing, like, using that knowledge from what I learned my first time playing uh, was very useful. Dark Souls, to me, brought upon a new era. It opened my eyes to a new form of gaming for me, in in my opinion. Because I'm I, before I played this, I it's hard to admit, but I was like an IGN follow their walkthrough guide never play anything blind type of guy I would watch videos how do I do this I want to know exactly what to do which is uh pretty embarrassing um but playing Dark Souls was a completely different story um that person who had brought me into it told me that I can't look up a walkthrough and if I needed any hints on where to go I should ask him and I did I I took his advice and the game was very enjoyable it was the first time I had like a ton of fun playing a game in a long time um 
because at that point it was getting a little bland, you know. But mm-hmm. I was doing it to myself, and uh, I think that this game speaks volumes um, to myself in my heart. That's that sounds like fucking cringe as hell, but it's like, you know, I, I'm kind of gushing a little bit, <laughs> um, but like. It, it it's very it's very dear to me in a lot of ways, um, and it kind of brought me out of that gaming rut because I I never went back to walkthroughs afterwards, you know. Mm-hmm. It kind of re re it kindled the flame, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Dark Souls is such a unique experience, especially like all all of the Dark Souls games are like they're they're in a class of their own, right? Like, especially the first one is just so interesting. Like, the way the the world is laid out and the the way, like, the lore and the way you, you figure out the story of what's going on and the, mm-hmm. like, the, even down to, like, the, the little minute gameplay mechanics of whether it's, like, like, the Estus and how to upgrade it or like weapons or hollowing and the advantages and disadvantages of it and the multiplayer like all of it comes together to create like this unique experience that like at the time when this game came out like gaming had just never seen before and especially coming off of a game like demon souls that like for the most part went under the radar for FromSoft to create dark souls and then just immediately like with one game create and like almost perfect a completely new genre is it it it, it, it's not something that happens often and when it does it's it's incredible and dark souls is the perfect example of that for sure and i don't know how they keep doing it they slam it out of the park every single time from software as a developer makes fantastic games like their mo is kind of like this this obviously it's been like a souls like um experience where the difficulty is vastly ramped up and the story is parsed through like like very vague ways but it they do it so well and other developers have tried it and it it works sometimes but from software is just hit after hit after hit after hit and it's 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 mind-boggling how they do it because it i can imagine it's not easy yeah and you know it's just like people talk a lot of shit on dark souls 2 i used to as well i've recently played through it that was the last from software game that i visited other than sekiro i have unfortunately not played that one yet um but I was pleasantly surprised with Dark Souls 2. I enjoy that one, like, in a crazy amount. I, mm-hmm. I fucking love that. And I think that also goes to show that From Software, when trying new things, understand what they're doing, too. Um, and a lot of people just, like, don't like change. And mm-hmm. I think that the the community of dark souls kind of takes away a little bit yeah there's there's a lot of i'm sorry to bring this up but there's a lot of hashtag gamer gators in the dark souls <laughs> fan base yeah for sure but it, I, i'm i mean from software 
Miyazaki. They're they're making banger after banger. Yeah, for sure. Um, two Dark Souls Two is the only Dark Souls game that I haven't played actually, um, but I I'm the kind of person who likes to I like. I like to watch like the lore videos. Like, uh, shout out to YouTuber uh, Vadi Vidya. Vadi Vidya. He's like yeah. he's like the guy for Dark Souls lore, right? And I was watching a lot of his Dark Souls Two stuff, and like, it, these games are tied together so well that you are able to understand what he's talking about, despite the fact that it may be a game that I haven't played before, right? Like, mm. all the little like a minute character from Dark Souls 1 plays an integral part in 2 or a minor character from 3 is like actually secretly a character from 1 who is like Mm -hmm. this vastly important character right like all of the little like mentions between different characters in the games and like the this like obviously the story on the surface level is just like you have to fight these bosses to rekindle the flame and for the most part, if you don't look into it, you don't understand why at all. Like, you could just play through the game and entirely not understand what you're doing. But if you, like, sit down and really figure out what the lore is and who all these characters are, like, who is this Gwyn character they keep mentioning? Like, what what role does Frampt play? Like, who mm-hmm. who is the Chosen Undead? Like, who is the character you're playing as? Like, what significance do they play in this story? Like... All of this is woven together into such a unique experience that it, it it's it's fascinating. It's so it's so well done in the structure that it's done in that it's 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 genuinely something that I haven't seen done again to this date. Like even from other from software games, right? Like Dark Souls One mm-hmm. is in such a league of its own, and that's coming from a person whose favorite from software game is Dark Souls Three. Like as much as I love that game, Dark Souls One is in such a league of its own that it's hard to it's hard to think of another game that comes to mind when you think of games like this. Right, like absolute pillars in the gaming community. It's hard to like make connections as much as any anyone says online that something is like the, the Dark Souls of blank. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard to make an actual connection to um, a similar title that has done this much for any kind of uh, anything, really, in the gaming community, and that is wild. Mm-hmm. It, it, it almost wants to make you harken back to, like, when Nintendo created Mario for the first time, right? Like, Mario is this, like, staple. Like, Mario is what revived, like, video games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Mario is the character that was created to bring back video games. And Nintendo is, like, the spearhead of this. And for a long time, that maybe hadn't been done the same way again. I would I would make the argument that Dark Souls is the closest we've come to that point again. Obviously, Dark Souls didn't revive gaming. Gaming has been doing well since the 70s. But Dark Souls revitalized gaming in such a way by creating a new genre and exposing developers to what can be done with difficult games that it, 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 it's so like, it's, it's so woven into gaming, like almost all video games now have like like little story snippets you can get from like 
audio recordings or item descriptions and stuff like that or like mm. games that are meant to be difficult because that's what is like the draw of them or things that like just or games that are based around like boss fights like boss fights being the the center of what the the game is right like all like almost all of that comes from dark souls or dark souls did it better than what did it before right like it's so Mm -hmm. interwoven in what gaming is today that it's it's hard to think of other games that do it that way yeah and like up until that point up until um they made dark souls we we had quote unquote difficult games we had kaizo games right like flash games Mm -hmm. and like bullet hell games and all that which were difficult but they weren't like challenging in a way that wasn't like bullshit right Mm -hmm. like like you you make a jump and there's a hidden block there you couldn't see coming what the hell but you you can sit there and analyze an enemy's patterns and know exactly what's happening and perfect a way to get past any kind of enemy in the game and that is like rejuvenating mm-hmm. you'll, you'll die to an enemy so many times and you can come back knowing what they're gonna do and how they'll do it and completely just wash them yep and that is like amazing that that gives you a feeling of power in a hopeless world a hundred percent it's almost like dark souls is a science in a way right because if you're going like you're going into this for the first time and you obviously you have no idea what you're doing. So you, you get to like, so you're in the undead asylum, right? And you, all Mm. of a sudden you get to your, like the second bonfire and you have no weapons, no armor, no nothing. Well, you have armor, but you, you have no weapons, no shield. Like you're basically bare bones. All you have is your fists and you push right. open this this huge door and you walk into like a like a courtyard almost and then all of a sudden this giant demon drops down and you assume you have to fight it but you have no gear and you just get fucked up and then you respawn mm-hmm. and and you you learn like okay I can't take this thing there must be a way out of this room you find a door that leads out of the room and you're able to to escape this giant demon which then leads into a hallway mm-hmm. where your gear is and you're like, I, I have no fucking idea how I'm supposed to fight this thing. You continue through the asylum and and then you get to a point where you're on a ledge and you look down and the asylum demon is below you and there's a, a note that says you can do like a plunging attack. You do that plunging attack and it takes out a third of the enemy's health. And this game, I... That seemed like I was just rambling, but what I ju- what the game demonstrates by doing all of this stuff is that no matter how hopeless it may seem in the moment, there's always a way to conquer it. This game, it's not, like you said, Declan, it is not about being difficult just for the sake of being difficult. This game is difficult because it forces you to learn it. Like, a perfect example of this is your first playthrough, if you maybe don't have the experience that like dedicated dark souls players have like you can go through your first playthrough just getting fucked up over and over and over again and your first playthrough could Mm -hmm. take you 30 hours you finally beat the final boss gwen 
and you do a new game plus, you could easily beat like you could easily do a new game plus run in a few hours just because you've spent that time learning through your first playthrough like how everything works and where everything is. This game is mm-hmm. not about difficulty for the sake of difficulty. It's about using that difficulty and using that stress to to teach you the lessons that the game wants to teach you. Right. And I think I think there's a testament to be said about how it 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 teaches you. It doesn't grab you by the hand. It doesn't bring you around, show you everything. You can read the signs on the ground. You don't need to. There's no real tutorial. Um, and that that first asylum demon fight you were talking about, yeah, they they show you that there are multiple ways to conquer things, and you shouldn't just throw yourself at a brick wall. You know, mm-hmm. like like there's a more logical way to get through certain encounters, and like that to me is amazing. Like mm-hmm. how they can they can hold your hand without holding it. They can they can teach you how to do things without throwing it in your face, and mm-hmm. that says a lot about from software's way of uh, designing games. It really does. So, moving on from, like, the, the previous, like, gushing about Dark Souls, I'd like to actually ask a few questions. For sure. Um, okay, so I just want to know what kind of build you did. And, of course, I know, but I want I, I want to know for the audience's sake. Yeah, for sure. I I went with like a, a strength build. So I used for the most for most of the early game I used this Vihander, which is like a big two handed greatsword, and then I switched to the Great Club with um, the intention in mind to upgrade it to Smo's hammer, which I did eventually. So that was that was my build for most of the game, was I had Smo's hammer and very little armor so i could still do fast rolls and stuff uh what about you though because i actually don't know what kind of build you played um i i did a quality build and uh for those who don't know what that is um it is basically you level up um most or you level up with a focus on four or five different skills mine being Vitality, endurance, dex, strength, and uh, oh man, what was the last one? Uh, re, what's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Shit, <laughs> um, <laughs> resistance. There it is. Um, so basically, I was like all around doing pretty well, like with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, only issue is I wasn't scaling. Um, crazy hard in one specific spot so I had to use different um, weapons to see which one suited the best I ended up going with uh, the Black Knight Halberd in the end mm-hmm. um, as like a dex and strength kind of kind of deal um, which is hands down probably my favorite weapon in the game mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah I mean that at first I I started as the uh, the warrior class, as I always do, um, and then just basically 
<laughs> did the did the Drake sword cheese. Yep. Through the through the rest of it, and then grabbed the weapon when I could. My my later weapon. Mm-hmm. So that's that that, that was my build. That's the thing I think this game does particularly well. Like, you can so early on get an item like or a weapon that is just like it's really good like almost too good for early game but it also forces you to like pay attention to those level requirements right like you can use right. this vihander like almost immediately like as soon as you get to to firelink shrine like you can just go to the cemetery that's right just down the way and grab it but if you don't have the the strength requirement to use it like it's almost useless to you. So the game, like, mm-hmm. it, it almost, like, teases you with with these items, like, uh, especially Havel's armor. Like, if you want to go through the game, like, being able to dodge roll as quickly as you can, like, the game gives you Havel's armor, like, relatively early on, right? Like, Anna Orlando is pretty early as far as the, the rest of the game goes. But... That's about, like, mid-game, I'd say. Yeah, about. But, like... If you want to be able to dodge roll, you better boost the shit out of your endurance, right? Because otherwise you're just going to mm-hmm. slow roll the whole game. Like, right. the game does such a good job of, like, like cock-teasing you almost. Yeah. And, like, uh, moving on with, like, more more things that you can, like, get. That The Havel's armor is behind an illusionary wall. In a fire, in a fireplace, in a room, it's some random room in Anne Orlando, and <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, how the hell do I get some of these things? There are a lot of just like random walls that you can go through, mm-hmm. and just like secrets scattered everywhere, oh, yeah. and you have to be very, very perceptive to be able to know where they are or have someone behind you that's already known. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, like stuff like that, like finding like exploring everything in an area is usually worth it they'll have something at the bottom of whatever place you're at the farthest away from wherever the boss is and it'll be like an amazing item or it can be like absolute dog trash mm-hmm. like right next to Havel's armor there's a mimic and mimics suck um they're like chests that have teeth and will kill you they're they're living um and they have a ton of health and they do a lot of damage and all you get is the occult club right next to (laughs) havel's armor and i'm like what the hell am i supposed to do with that just to realize that is a divine weapon i'm pretty sure and then Mm -hmm. you can use that in the catacombs to kill the skeletons that keep reviving before you get to the uh the necromancer and i think like not knowing what things do just to learn like what they do in in, like two or three hours later in the game maybe even more is just like the sense of discovery is amazing and it really rewards people who who try different things who try and go out of their way you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's um so it's what's crazy about this game is like um kind of harkening back to that occult club is like it's like it's things like that there's actually like lore reasons for why that occult club is right next to Havel's armor 
it's because um, it's believed that Havel was like planning to kill a member of the royal family for like what he perceived to be like betraying him and letting Seath the Scaleless live and he was going to use that occult club to kill somebody because um, divine weapons are particularly strength like uh, strong against like divine uh, beings so that's a good example of like this game like like you said Declan like you're just like why the fuck is this here next to all I have little shit like why why would right. I care about any of this but it's if you know like the lore of the game and like the lore behind Havel and the royal family and Seath the Scaleless like if you know these things you can you are able to use like what to one person who maybe doesn't know this stuff is just like some shitty club next to a bunch of really good gear there's like it's it's like a like a pretty big lore implication, right? Like, because mm-hmm. then you you can infer like, oh, Havel maybe decided not to go through with this and just like abandoned the capital and just left all of his gear behind in this club he was going to use to kill a member of the royal family. Like, it's little things like that, like just the, the, the tiniest minute detail that this game uses to to portray such a big message. Yeah, and I, I didn't even know that, like, any of that. that that's my first time uh, learning about that kind of lore, mm-hmm. um, which is super interesting. So thanks for uh, bringing that to my attention. <laughs> I, I binged a shit ton of lore videos over the weekend. Seriously? Yeah, I, I got, awesome. like, every time I play Dark Souls and Dark Souls 3, I get super into, like, the lore of the games. I'm the kind of guy who likes extended universe shit, so, like... I like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. All the most interesting Star Wars stuff is not the movies. It's like the TV shows and the books and the games and how all of those are like interwoven into the story of these main movies. That's all the stuff I find interesting. Or like uh I I'm a huge fan of uh Game of Thrones uh and as shameful as that is to say given the the final season of that show, but uh, as far as the books go, there are like four or five books in that series that are like spinoffs of the main series. Like one of them is written as like almost like a like a an almanac or like a, a detailing of this world's history. That book is probably one of my favorites in the series just because it, it gives you more information on like the extended lore of this universe. And so the thing that I enjoy particularly about the Dark Souls series is like playing the game is obviously incredibly fun and I always have like a huge amount of fun while playing it but what I love to do is understand the story of this game by like watching YouTube videos or like inferring these pieces of lore by myself you know right um I, I actually, I, I know quite a bit of, like, extended lore, but not, like, so much that maybe, like, you would go out of your way to know. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't there something that says that when you, when you exit Dark Souls, your character becomes hollow? And, like, that's, like, you're giving up? Like, when, when, when you exit the game and they don't have anyone controlling them, they lose their humanity? I have actually never heard that before, but that's a really interesting theory. 
I've heard that theory like everywhere, and I thought that's really cool. That is really cool. But uh, yeah, so I I got another question for you. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the hardest boss in game for you? Hmm. The hardest boss. That's a good question. Hmm. Huh. The hardest. See, the first thing my mind goes to is the bed of chaos, but I don't necessarily yeah. think that boss is is hard so much as it is like frustrating. Because that boss, I yeah. would argue, is the only boss in the game that's like bullshit. Right. Um, that 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 boss fucking sucks. I don't even know why. It's not even a bed. It's a tree, dog. Yeah, it's that that <laughs> boss is particularly annoying. Um, as far as the hardest boss, uh, I didn't get to play the DLC this time around, but I remember Artorius being particularly difficult. Um, yeah, Artorius was hard for me too when I first played. Shockingly, yeah. though. Colomite was easy. In I my didn't. Opinion. I didn't get to play a ton of the DLC this time around. I wanted to try and focus my time on getting through the main game, and then I wanted to experience like a, a new game plus run through, which I unfortunately also didn't uh, beat. But yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you though? What was your hardest boss? Um, like my, my mind keeps on going in loops to like boss difficulty and what I have trouble with but if I'm being honest I don't really have trouble with like a ton of these bosses mm-hmm. um, I guess uh, yeah I, I actually have no idea my, my mind says um, probably Seath oh yeah Seath is annoying and if you die you get cursed and curse is the worst affliction you can get in the game yeah curse sucks i'm surprised i was gonna to hear say you either seeth or because i actually had a much easier time with seeth i w- seeth was a, a fucking wash for me no hold on seeth is seeth isn't it sorry seeth is uh seeth is just annoying it's probably ornstein and smo <laughs> oh yeah uh, Orn- ornstein and smo is like when people think Dark Souls, like Ornstein and Smo is the boss fight that they go to, because it's if you don't bring in Solaire, crazy. If you don't bring in Solaire, that makes it one million percent harder. Mm-hmm. It is terrible. That fight is a ton of fun, though. Yeah, and they like mastered their their combat so much in their gameplay to be able to put such like a hard concept of two versus one mm-hmm. and to be able to make it still seem fair you know yeah for sure like that's like a the perfect example like like i just said like when people think dark souls they think ornstein and smo and i think for me that's because it's like literally the pinnacle of what dark souls can do as far as difficulty goes without being like ridiculous like ridiculous and just like complete bullshit like that fight is insanely hard but if you just if you like put your nose to the grindstone and really learn how to master it it's a fucking cake wash because the game is trying to teach you through this difficulty right 
I, I think Dark Souls as a whole is just like a testament to what games can be. Like what what people can do without needing a massive budget for voice acting and having celebrities and mocaps and uh, not needing a, like a in-your-face story or walkthrough or anything like that. It is a testament to what you can do without having to rope in people with random other things. Like, oh man, this game stars um, this this voice actor. Put him in. I couldn't tell you any of the voice actors for Dark Souls off the top of my head. You know, but they're all real, but all of their acting is very memorable. Yeah, and and you can pick out like any like character's voice from ds1 and do and just like know like what their personality type is and what they're gonna say (laughs) but they all do laugh really weirdly yeah that's true oh man my life sucks we're all gonna die no one's gonna be able to link the flame (laughs) and you're like what the hell (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure it's like it's the thing about like especially the like the minute characters in this game like all of them despite a majority of them just seeming like random npcs that you don't care about if you continue to like solar is a perfect example of this like he follows you like almost through the whole game and he has a whole mm-hmm. storyline about how he traveled from his land of is he from Astora? Is that right? Uh, I think so. I believe so. Yeah. Solera of Astora. Yeah, he travels from Astora to to try and link the flame because that's what he believes he needs to do and he follows you along your journey and he helps you with a plethora of boss fights and then like you can get to a point where he is like he's downtrodden like he feels like the world isn't savable and in the end he he makes a, a mistake and he he becomes infected with this parasite and you have to kill him or you can kill the parasites ahead of time and Solaire will help you in the Gwyn fight mm-hmm. it's like and and through this whole time like you're learning more and more about Solaire as a character and he he has become like one of the most memorable characters from Dark Souls 1 just because of, like, despite that maybe you don't, like, get a whole lot of, like, lore or information from him, but you still learn a lot about, like, him as a character, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a quick question. Um, did you link the flame or walk away from it? I, I linked the flame. I've actually... I have never done the the Koth ending, but I I wanted to. That's what my new game plus run was gonna be. Uh, yeah, I I uh, I walked away. Mm-hmm. The Age of Shadows. Yep. Um, which is which is also interesting. If you ignore Fromt in, um, in Firelink, mm-hmm. you can actually go kill Sif right away, which is Artorius's dog. Very sad boss fight. Rest in peace, oh, yeah. dog. For sure. Um, 
but you can do that. Get Artorius's ring. Be able to walk into the abyss. Go down into um. The uh, four kings it? fight. New, New Londo. Do all that. Go into the four kings. Kill them, and then talk to his brother, and he'll tell you to not link the flame and be like a lord in the shadows. Yep. Which is like completely way different from what would happen if you would just talk to Frampt, which would tell you you need to link the flame and keep the Age of Fire going. Yep. It's it's crazy. Like, I imagine they didn't plan this ahead of time, obviously, but the lore implications in Dark Souls 3, like, especially coming back to Dark Souls 1, is crazy. Like, you learn in Dark Souls 3 in the final DLC, The Ringed City, that... Mm. Um, like the undead curse, like the thing that makes humans go undead and hollow was created by Gwyn because he was afraid of the power they would have in their age of dark. So he, he created this curse to have an excuse to like corral them and imprison them. And then he, he created like this narrative that humans need to help the gods create, like rekindle the flame to um like to keep the age of fire going despite that for the most part like it doesn't really benefit the humans except for the undead curse going away which of course Gwyn created so he he manufactured this like false narrative of the the undead curse being somehow linked to the flame when in reality it was it was Gwyn like creating this opportunity for himself to keep his like his family in power while also manipulating this group of people who just they view him as a god it's it's unfucking believable like the things like in in dark souls one like obviously you meet all these characters you meet nito and you meet gwyn who are like the first like people right like these are the Mm -hmm. first people to inhabit this world after the the dragons and you learn in dark souls 3 like you learn a lot in Dark Souls 1 like just how much of a like a a lie that this world is as far as the gods go but in Dark Souls 3 when you learn all this stuff it's 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 just mind-blowing like it completely changes your perspective on like linking the flame or like versus like siding with Koth and um becoming the lord of darkness it's it's unbelievable right that's another thing I didn't know. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> crazy uh, up to date with the entire lore. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Um, another thing I thought was kind of fucked up was um, how they had crossbreed Priscilla locked into that world of painting because mm-hmm. she was a mixed breed of, what, Seath and Guinevere? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and you go in there and, like, the game expects you to kill her after going through all that, but you you don't have to. You can just drop out. She'll send you back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I never kill uh, Priscilla ever. Not even I the first time. I just left. Now that I think about it, I think both times I played, I didn't go into the painted world. I don't know <sighs> that on. I, it's, it's I don't cool. know that I ever it's so have. awesome in there. I don't know where it is. That was um, yeah. that was a thing. You know from... when you're in the rafters, yeah, 
like like in in that that uh that big room yeah if if you um push the lever the other way that that bridge will go down and you can go into the bottom of that room and there's that big painting there but you need the doll from um uh, what's it uh the undead asylum revisit that's how you get there gotcha yeah i i i had no idea that was um maybe then you can do that in your new game plus yeah probably that was a theme that i just kind of had throughout my whole playthrough like you and i had a conversation like when we first started playing like um the whole time i had been playing i assumed that the only way to get to uh blight town was by choosing the master key as your starting trinket and going through that route i literally had no idea that like the depths and um the capra demon were like technically the actual route to get down there like that had just never i had never known that because i'd only ever known the way with the master key Mm -hmm. so like i had played through those areas um before but i i had no idea that that was like the technical like actual route to get down to those areas and i was there i was like oh you're not gonna do the depths or um the 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 capra demon lore undead berg and you're like no i was like technically you're supposed to go that way to get to blight town you're like what i thought i needed the master key and i was like so if you didn't pick the master key trigger, you just wouldn't be able to complete the game. <laughs> well, I had told you that I just assumed you could get the master key from somewhere else in the game. Yeah. And I had just never but, found it. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the original way. And then you can see Blight Town from a completely different perspective because the other way is the quote unquote bullshit way that everyone hates. Mm-hmm and it's a it's much harder to go through that way than just to go down all the ladders yeah for Um, sure yeah but uh i mean all in all dark souls is a game that i hold very close to me um as much as playing through it again was a little boring um because i had already known everything that's gonna happen and like i played through it so many times um but I I still I love this game dearly and uh I, I I don't think I'll ever regard this as like a bad game or like I don't think I'll ever stop playing it. I'll always revisit it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I But that's 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 uh pretty much all I have to say on this game. We uh I have I have a question for you though. Okay, go ahead slapper cat ah yes of course uh (laughs) for for like the amp the ambiance nothing that's most that's most of the soundtrack is like nothing but the boss music is so good it is amazing absolutely i'm giving this a slap it absolutely it it creates like it, it creates this atmosphere of like grandiose and like hopelessness during these boss fights because all these creatures a lot of them are like massive beings or like the Gwyn fight is a a particularly great testament like you are at the end of your journey like this is the final fight and you are fighting against the lord who created this whole 
system of having to relink the flame and like the person who created the age of fire you are now fighting against to to further his goal and the Mm -hmm. the soundtrack is like an ambient like piano playing while like the shell of a former lord is is fighting for like he's fighting you despite the fact that this is his mission you're on it's so like the atmosphere all of the music in this game creates is like unlike anything else it's absolutely Mm -hmm. like it's a a 10 out of 10 slap i i think every single theme in this game slaps very hard it's truly fantastic but uh without further ado would you like to uh tell me what the next game is i would love to declan um have you have you ever had an uh, an inclination to to rip and tear by chance? Oh. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> Until it's done, question mark? Exactly. Until it's done. Uh much like you do in Doom twenty sixteen. You're going to rip the and classic. tear your way through some demons. Funny story. I played ten minutes of this game. That's it. <laughs> Well, now you're going to play the I'm, whole I'm, ex- thing. I'm excited. I'm excited to play this game. Um, Doom has been something I've wanted to play for a long time, but never really got the chance for some reason. I love the new Doom games. They're, they're one of my favorite first-person shooter games within the last decade. They're so fucking good. Awesome. I can't wait. Perfect. Well, with that, uh, that's, our, that's our show. I, I feel like we had a lot of... We had a heart-to-heart in this one. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I I really liked the discussion we had on this episode. Yes, me too. Um, uh, but we have we have an email. We do have uh, an if email. If you'd like to send in any questions, it is at callussavepointpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we also have a Twitter, which is at callussavepoint. Um, so make sure to follow us there. Um, it's been fun. We also have uh, kind of a, a special announcement um, in honor of uh, E3 being uh, this past weekend. Uh, at the time we're recording this, we actually just came back from watching uh, the Xbox Bethesda and then the uh, Square Enix conference. Um, but we're going to do a, uh, an E3 episode. So I believe we're just going to upload it on uh, the following Monday, correct? Yes, stay tuned for uh, next week, Monday. I wish I had the date pulled up. but That's uh, June, June 21st. So noon on, on June 21st, we're going to do our, uh, our E3 extravaganza. Uh, so we hope, uh, obviously, we'll announce this on, uh, on Twitter as well, and we'll post the, the episode link when that goes up. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. It'll yep. be, so uh, it'll be cracking like our first, away from our usual schedule. Yeah, our first little uh, <laughs> departure from the, the usual format of the show, which I'm excited for. I'm excited to do like more kind of uh, like freeform episodes or like little specials and stuff. Yeah, it, it'll be nice to take a step away from talking about the game versus the developers. Yeah, And for what sure. they have to show off. Yeah, it'll be fun. But... Uh, with that said, that was the show. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, that's the show. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Also, make sure to uh, send in 
questions to our email, please, 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 and thank you. Yeah, we uh, the the last listener question we had was a ton of fun to answer. So, uh, we'd love to to hear from you guys. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Love you.